Dios los bendiga, buenos días. Otro aplauso para Angela y Desiree. Felicidades. Haciendo la decisión de seguir a Cristo. This is awesome, making a decision to follow Jesus in front of all these people. Bueno, en esta mañana vamos a ver un versículo en la Biblia, 2 Corintios 5, 17, un versículo muy, muy conocido. We're going to look at an extremely popular verse in the Bible, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And we're just going to look at this one verse together this morning. Estas dos cartas a los Corintios eran dirigidas a cristianos que vivían en una ciudad llena de pecado. Uh, en aquellos años, Corinto era como uh, la Las Vegas de hoy. Um, toda en, 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 en esta ciudad tenías todo lo que querías. Era un centro de pecado. Uh, en, en, en efecto, cuando dijeron la palabra corintios, estaban diciendo, era, era como una palabra para los que no tenían freno sexual. Paul wrote this letter to the Corinthians, these two letters, and the city of Corinth had the same reputation that Las Vegas has today. It was a city where everything is available to you, every class of sin is available to you. In fact, when people used the word Corinthians, when they said Corinthian, it meant somebody with an unquenchable sexual appetite. Había toda clase de, de pecado, borrachía, sexo abierto, idolatría. Tenía un templo uh, con, con una capacidad de como ocho mil personas. Algunos di dicen que fue aún más grande. Corinth was a, um, was a city that that had all kinds of idolatry and drunkenness. Um, también este, los que fueron al templo encontraron prostitutas oficiales del templo. O sea, era, era, era una, una, una ciudad sin vergüenza. This was a shameless city. They even had temple prostitutes. So in those days, they might have said, Corinth, baby, just like we say Vegas, baby, right? It's the same, same kind of reputation, same kind of system. Um, y es por eso que eh, tenían unos problemas muy especiales en esta iglesia. La iglesia fue un, casi un lleno de gente muy interesante. This church was a hot mess. Paul was writing these letters to fix things in this church with so many problems. Yo tengo un amigo que es pastor en Las Vegas. Se llama Walker. Y... Uh, y él me dice que tienen problemas en Las Vegas que no tienen en ninguna otra ciudad. Porque ¿quiénes son los que reciben a Cristo? Los que trabajan en los casinos. Uh, showgirls. Walker, my friend, uh, Pastor Walker in Vegas, says they have problems that he doesn't have in other cities because the people that get saved in Las Vegas are showgirls, dealers, bartenders, people that work in the casinos. Y tienen toda, una, toda, toda clase de problemas con la gente este tratando de vivir para Cristo and it's a big problem to know okay who's supposed to quit their jobs who's not supposed to quit their jobs how are we supposed to live for Jesus uh, that's the way it was in Corinth um, I'm having trouble here with the clicker for some reason okay there's the, there's the ruins of the temple to Apollo 
son las ruinas del templo de Apolos. Uh, era una ciudad de idolatría, totalmente sin freno en su vergüenza, borrachía, sexo abierto. Um, y a esta ciudad, los cristianos que viven en esta ciudad, el apóstol Pablo escribió estas cartas. And so then Paul wrote these letters to these Christians that live in this wicked city. Y vamos a ver una de las cosas que él dijo a estos cristianos en Corinto. We're going to look at one of the things that Paul said to these Christians in, in Corinth. Y lo encontramos en 2 Corintios 5, 17. We find it in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Claire, I'm going to have to have your help moving these slides because my clicker's not, not working here, okay? Can you go to the first slide? This, okay. Vamos a leer este versículo juntos. Por lo tanto... Si alguno está en Cristo, es una nueva creación. Lo viejo ha pasado, ha llegado ya lo nuevo. Okay, let's read this together. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Y el mensaje de hoy es, tú eres una nueva creación. You are a new creation. Dile a tu vecino, tú eres una nueva creación. ¿Quién no le gusta una cosa nueva? O sea, nos gusta, por ejemplo, coches nuevos con el olor del coche nuevo. ¿Quién no le gusta esto? Do you like cars with the new car smell, new cars? Um, hace una semana, Mingo compró un carro para su mamá. Tengo una foto de, del carro. Um, Can we proceed to the next slide there, Clara? There she is. Carro nuevo. Mingo, you're a good son. Y luego las hijas de Beto y Goy compraron carro para ellos también. Carro nuevo. Olor de carro nuevo. Everybody loves a new car, right? Beto and Goy got a new car from their girls. Y luego yo no quería quedar atrás. Y compré para mi mamá un gato de peluche, nuevo, nuevo. Merry Christmas, mom. Merry Christmas to you. Pero la Biblia dice... Okay. Ah, the Logitech 5000. Very nice. La Biblia dice que somos una nueva creación en Cristo. But the Bible says we're not just a new creation, we're a new creation in Christ. In Christ. Uh, unos versículos después, la Biblia dice, Al que no cometió pecado alguno, por nosotros Dios lo trató como pecador para que en él recibiéramos la justicia de Dios. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Entonces, Cristo murió y resucitó por nosotros, y por eso somos una nueva creación en Él, por lo que Él hizo. Por eso dice, nueva creación en Cristo. So, Jesus died, and He rose again from the dead for us, and that's why the Bible calls us a new creation in Christ, because we're a new creation in Jesus. Uh, Cristo sufrió en la cruz en nuestro lugar. La Biblia dice, en Pedro dice, que Él cargó en su cuerpo nuestros pecados. The Bible says in Peter that Jesus carried in His body our sins on the cross. Y entonces nosotros somos una nueva creación por lo que Él hizo. And that means we're a new creation 
because of what Jesus did for us. Uh, en las aguas del bautismo, somos una nueva creación porque estamos declarando que pertenecemos a Cristo y vamos a vivir para Cristo. These girls just testified here in these baptismal waters behind me that they were a new creation in Jesus and that they were going to serve Jesus. Se trata de Cristo. Sin Cristo, no hay nueva creación. Without Jesus, there is no new creation. Y luego dice Pablo, lo viejo ha pasado. And then Paul says, the old things have gone. El viejo ha pasado. No está hablando de tu esposo. Está hablando de nuestra naturaleza pecaminosa. Not talking about your old man, the man that you go home with every night. It's talking about your sin nature that you were given as a gift from our boy Adam many years ago. Uh, en Romanos 6, 3, así dice la palabra de Dios. ¿Acaso no saben ustedes que todos los que fuimos bautizados para unirnos con Cristo Jesús, en realidad fuimos bautizados para participar en su muerte? Por tanto, mediante el bautismo, fuimos sepultados con Él en su muerte, a fin de que así como Cristo resucitó por el poder del Padre, también nosotros llevemos una vida nueva. Estas dos señoritas fueron sepultadas en las aguas del bautismo. The person you used to be was just buried back there in that water. And we're going to drain it out in a little bit, and it's going to be all gone, right? The person you, you used to be. Because the Bible says it's like, it's like Jesus died, and it's like us dying to the person we used to be. Here in Romans, it says, Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Y es por eso que el bautismo también es un símbolo de ser sepultados con Cristo. And that's why baptism is a symbol of being buried, buried with Christ, which is, of course, why we don't sprinkle people, because you don't bury somebody by sprinkling them. You pull them all the way under the water, right? It's a symbol, it's a symbol of death. And it's a symbol of resurrection. Por eso nosotros bautizamos por inmersión, porque en la Biblia es un símbolo de, de ser sepultado debajo del agua, y por eso eh, bautizamos así por inmersión. Um, el viejo, las cosas viejas han pasado, lo viejo ha pasado. The old has gone. In other words, once you're in Jesus, the person you used to be is gone. Uh, the story I've told before is I had a friend in high school named Mark Merriman. And uh, Mark went to, uh, he was a memorial, McAllen Memorial student. And Mark was um, a very fun guy, happy guy. But Mark loved to do drugs and he loved to get drunk. And he was the partier of the school. He would organize huge parties down by the river where people would get kegs and different kinds of uh, marijuana and sometimes stronger drugs. And Mark was always talking about how wonderful drugs were. He was uh, a happy, fun person who was very much lost. He was lost. Tenía un amigo, Mark, uh, in high school. Y Mark era alumno de McAllen Memorial High School. Y Mark era, este, su lenguaje de amor eran las drogas. Él tomaba, fumaba, organizaba fiestas al lado del río con todos los alumnos. Um, he was very creative. He would find ways to, 
he would do mushrooms and he would put things in his nose and in his ears and I don't know he was just quite the quite the drug fiend. Un domingo invité a Marcos a nuestra iglesia porque los jóvenes iban a dirigir la alabanza y dije Mark tienes que venir a verme cantar. And so I invited Mark to we were attending Good Shepherd Church and I said Mark you got to come to church because the youth group is going to lead worship. You got to come and see this. I'm actually going to sing because I got to see you sing, man. I'm coming. I'm coming. Entonces él vino, él vino a ver a los jóvenes cantar y, y era, era muy buena onda, Marcos. O sea, era muy buena onda. He was a really nice, fun guy. He showed up at church, sat in the third row to watch us sing. Y luego el pastor Ed Haspenny, que nunca, casi nunca predicaba un, un, una predicación del, del evangelio sencillo, predicó un mensaje del evangelio sencillo en Juan 3:16. And Pastor Hespany almost never preached just a simple gospel message from, from John 3.16. And that night, he opened up his Bible and he preached from John 3.16. And he preached from 2 Corinthians 5.17. Y también añadió este versículo que acabamos de leer. Y Marcos corrió al altar y aceptó a Cristo. And Mark ran forward and received Jesus. Una semana después fue bautizado. And a week later, Mark was baptized. Y les voy a decir algo, que Mark cambió por total. No era lo mismo. Haz de cuenta, no era lo mismo. Mark radically changed from one day to the other. He was a totally different person. El Marcos de antes murió en las aguas del bautismo, por seguro. The old Mark definitely died in the water of baptism. He came up, he was a totally different person. Yo me acuerdo una vez que fuimos a Denny's a comer y uno de sus amigos de antes... Nos acercaron y nos dijeron, hey, Mark, dude, when are we going to party, man? What's going on? Y uno de sus amigos de antes nos acercaron en Denny's y dijeron, hey, Marcos, ¿cuándo vamos a, a este, pachangar? O sea, ¿qué, qué, ¿dónde has estado? ¿Cuándo vamos a...? And Mark said, no, 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 no. He said, he said, that Mark is dead. He's dead. He said, I'm a different Mark. I'm a Christian. I'm a new person. Y dijo, no, no, este Marcos murió. Ya murió. Yo soy una nueva, nueva creación en Cristo, nueva persona en Cristo. He said, I'm just a new person. I'm a new person in Jesus. Lo, lo viejo ha pasado. Lo viejo ha pasado. Y luego ha llegado ya lo nuevo. And the new is here. Ha llegado ya lo nuevo. Mira, cuando Cristo nos cambia y nos salva y nos transforma, eh, no nos arregla, no simplemente hace unos arreglos en nosotros, no nos, nos lleva por un proceso de reformación. Cuando Cristo nos transforma, nos mata y luego hace una creación nueva. Jesus doesn't reform us or refurbish us or fix us or open us up and tinker around with us. When Jesus saves you, he kills you and then he creates a brand new creation where the old you used to be. That's why the Bible says the new is here. Por eso la Biblia dice, ha llegado ya lo nuevo. Porque Cristo no solo nos arregla, Él nos mata y luego en, en el lugar donde estuvimos antes, Él crea una nueva creación y ahora somos nuevos en Cristo. Jesus takes us and He kills us and, and we die in the water up here. And then when we come out, the Bible says that we are a new creation, a completely new creation in Jesus. So when you come out of the water, right, when you're baptized and you come out of the water, the Bible calls you a new creation, and the person you used to be is dead in the water, and now you live for Jesus. Cuando uh, entramos en las aguas del bautismo, 
y salimos, estamos saliendo como una nueva creación en Cristo. Ya no somos la misma persona que éramos antes en las aguas. Esta persona ya se murió. Y ahora estamos saliendo como una nueva creación. That person you were is dead to sin, is dead in the water, and you're rising up as a new creation in Jesus. Y la Biblia habla muchas veces en el Nuevo Testamento de que es un símbolo de la resurrección de Cristo. La muerte y la resurrección de Cristo. And Paul says many times in the New Testament that this is an example of the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Que Cristo murió y resucitó. Y cuando nosotros estamos bautizados, es una muerte y una resurrección. And when we're being baptized, it's like you're dying to the person you used to be and you're rising up as a new person, which is another reason why that we don't believe that we should baptize little babies because how can they die to the person they used to be? They've been alive a month or three weeks. There's nothing to kill and nothing to raise up. But once you know how much of a sinner you are, you definitely know that something needs to die, right? Es otra razón por la cual no bautizamos a los bebés porque van a morir a qué? O sea, ¿qué es lo que han hecho? ¿Qué es lo que van a dejar en las aguas? ¿Cómo vamos a sepultar a un niño en las aguas del bautismo? Es imposible. Pero nosotros como, como uh, personas ya grandes sabemos lo que hemos hecho. Sabemos que tenemos pecado en nuestro corazón. Y tenemos que dejar el pecado en las aguas del bautismo. But you, when you're a certain age, you know that you're a sinner and you need Jesus. And you're ready to rise up as a new creation. Pero Pablo dice, y son palabras muy lindas. Ha llegado lo nuevo. Paul says, and these are beautiful words, um, the new is here. Ha llegado ya lo nuevo. The new is here. One of my favorite stories about this, and if you've heard it before, you'll forgive me. But it's the story of, of Ada Rosas. Ada Rosas is the wife of Joe Rosas. He's a preacher and missionary. And uh, Ada Rosas, before she met the Lord, was a prostitute. Ada became a Christian. Jesus changed her life. She was baptized. And then she began to date Joe Rosas. And they started planning a wedding day. Ada Rosas era prostituta. Luego conoció a Cristo. Fue salva. Cristo la transformó. Fue bautizada. Y luego después de un tiempo se enamoró con un pastor, Joe. Y ellos comenzaron a planear su boda. But then the elders of the church came to them and they said, look, you can be married, but Ada cannot wear a white dress. She can't wear a white dress because we know what her past is all about and white dresses are for virgins. How many of you have heard that before? White dresses are for virgins, right? You can't find any more salvation by works than that statement right there. Los ancianos se juntaron y dijeron, mira, uh, ustedes pueden tener su boda aquí en la iglesia, pero ella no puede poner un vestido blanco. Porque sabemos que ya no es, no es virgen y por su pasado. Y Ada pidió, un, ella, ella es, este, no es muy tímida, ella. Y pidió una junta con estos mismos ancianos. Ana is not a shy person, and so she asked to meet with these elders. Y al principio de esta junta, Ada dijo, mira, solo pido una cosa. Abren sus Biblias y leen 2 Corintios 5, 17. Abren sus Biblias y leen 2 Corintios 5, 17. She said, all I want you to do is please open your Bibles and read 2 Corintios 5, 17. Read it. Just please read it. Y abrieron sus Biblias y en voz alta leyeron 
Segunda de Corintios 5, 17. Y luego quedaron en silencio. So they opened their Bibles and they read 2 Corinthians 5.17 out loud and then they were very quiet. Y luego dijeron, se me hace que usted sí puede poner un vestido blanco. <laughs> and I said, you know what, I, I think you can go ahead and wear a white dress. Wear a white dress. <laughs> ¿Por qué? Porque somos una nueva creación en Cristo. Y la salvación no es por obras. No es por un proceso de legalismo. No es por guardar unos requisitos religiosos. La salvación viene a todos y es uh, gratis. Because salvation comes as a gift from God. It doesn't come from you doing good religious works or you being a little boy scout. It comes from God and it's a gift. And if you're in Christ, you are a new creature and everything is new. Ha llegado ya lo nuevo si estás en Cristo. Ha llegado ya lo nuevo. Tú eres una nueva creación en Cristo Jesús. You are a new creation in Jesus. And the new has come. Dile a tu vecino, tú eres una nueva creación. Tell the person next to you, you are a new creation. Okay, now I just have some thoughts for you guys, okay? And then we're going to pray for you. Ahora tengo unos pensamientos para... Um, Desiree and uh, Angelita, and these these are these are thoughts for you today as you were baptized. The Bible says in Acts two, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we believe that when you repent, and you guys already testified that you're Christians, right? That you're following Jesus, and you've repented of your sins. And now you've been baptized, you follow Jesus in baptism, and then we believe that you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's something Jesus promises us, because that's what allows us to live for Jesus, is his Holy Spirit that comes into us, and since we're not our own anymore, Jesus helps us, the Spirit of Jesus helps us to say no to sin and to live for him. Uh, Pedro dijo en Hechos 2.38, Arrepiéntase y bautícese cada uno de ustedes en el nombre de Jesucristo para perdón de sus pecados y recibirán el don del Espíritu Santo. O sea, es el arrepentimiento y luego el bautismo y luego viene el don del Espíritu Santo. And that's what we're praying for you guys. As we pray for you this morning, you're going to come and we're going to pray for you. We're praying that God would give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. That every day you'd be able to live for Jesus and follow Jesus and have the Holy Spirit walking with you and filling you. Because why would God promise us something that we couldn't get? I mean, he promises us right here that that gift is for us. And then the other thing I wanted to tell you is that uh, now that you're following Jesus and you've been baptized, that every day, just like we breathe and just like we drink water and just like we eat food, you have to read your Bible every day. You have to pray and worship Jesus. And you have to exercise your faith. Um, and that's how we stay alive. We stay alive from eating and drinking and moving. And as a Christian, our food is the Bible. And water is prayer and worship to Jesus. And moving around is exercising your gifts, helping other people, being in church, being active in church. And those are the ways that we stay close to Jesus. Uh, nosotros como seres humanos, para poder seguir viviendo, tenemos que comer... Tenemos que tomar agua y tenemos que movernos de una manera u otra. 
Y, y para el cristiano se trata de leer la Biblia, es nuestra comida. Uh, orar y adorar a, a Dios es como el, el agua. Y luego también se trata de movernos, hacer ejercicio, caminar. Y, y esto se trata de uh, ayudar aquí en la iglesia, administrar a otros, usar nuestros dones. I believe you guys have gifts that God's given you. And when you use those gifts, tell people about Jesus or teach children or help or give your help in certain ways, that's you exercising those faith muscles, right? And the more you do it, the easier it becomes. But you have to eat and you have to drink. Uh, they say that you can live only three days without water and only seven days without uh, fajita taco, right? That's what we read in, in, in science. And so you're not going to live very long as a Christian. You're not going to make it if you don't read the Bible and if you don't pray and worship him every day. Los, los uh, científicos dicen que no podemos vivir más que tres días sin tomar agua y no podemos vivir más que siete días sin comer una, un taco de fajita. Y es igual, es igual aquí en la iglesia, en, en, el, en la vida de cada cristiano. Si no estamos leyendo la palabra de Dios, y si no estamos orando y adorando a Dios, eh, y si no estamos ejerciendo estos músculos de fe, haciendo algo, haciendo lo que Dios nos dice, eh, no vamos a poder seguir vivir. And so that's my advice to you, is how to keep going and moving as a Christian. Find a Bible that you like. Um, in, in my cell phone, I go through a devotional every day, right? And sometimes if I'm in my car, I push the little speaker button and it reads it to me. And I read a little passage of the Bible every day and I pray every day. I'm not, uh, I don't pray very religiously, right? I try to talk to Jesus like he's in my room. And I just talk to him in a normal way like I would to anybody else. Um, yo leo la Biblia en mi celular todos los días. Estoy leyendo, estoy pasando por un curso aquí de version. Si estoy en el carro, a veces lo escucho por audio y, y luego oro a Cristo. Y yo no oro de una manera religiosa, yo oro con palabras sencillas y normales. I try to pray to Jesus like I'm talking to somebody else in regular words. Because if you pray too religiously, then it just becomes a ritual, right? If you get too religious about praying, then it just becomes like you're... You ever been in a, a, a place where somebody prays and you know they're trying to impress you with their prayer? You know, how, by how religious they are and how awesome their prayer is. That's not a conversation. A conversation is when you're just talking to somebody, right? And that's how you want to try to pray. You want to talk to Jesus. You want to say, Jesus, you know I've got a hard day today. You know I've got to do my homework. You know that person at school hates me. I want you to help me to love them. You know that teacher with the beard that's mean. I want you to help me to obey the teacher. And you just pray normal, everyday prayers, right? And you don't try to get, by, you know, uh, waterlogged with a lot of religious words. You just pray... Normal prayers. And the Bible says that, that if we pray, believing that he hears us, that he hears us. Sometimes I'll even put a chair there to help me picture Jesus sitting in the chair and that he's listening to me. Because we pray by faith, right? And, uh, and we, my brother used to pray, mumbling around sometimes when other people were present. And it looked like he was talking to himself. I'd say, Sam, you're a weirdo, dude. You're being a weirdo. You know, let's, uh, let's snap out of it. But he was always trying to be in an attitude of prayer. That was his thing. So sometimes he'd be like, Sam, are you retarded? What's going on there, buddy? Um, but everybody has their way they pray, right? Uh, you need to find your own groove, right? And then, and then just get into a habit of praying in the same place, same time of day, having an appointment with Jesus, you know, reading your Bible. And the good thing is that if you ask the Holy Spirit to fill you this morning, then you're going to want to do it. You know, it's not going to be like eating peas. It's going to be like, you know, eating ice cream, something you want to do. Something that, that is 
uh, a pleasure to do. Uh, mi recomendación es que oren, no en una manera religiosa, pero con palabras normales, como si fuéramos hablando con otra gente. A veces yo pongo una silla ahí y dirijo mi oración a Cristo como estuviera sentado en la silla. Cristo, tú sabes que hoy tenemos muchos problemas, tenemos varias cosas que, que tenemos que hacer, ayúdame hoy. Eh, yo he visto que entre más palabras religiosas que pongo en mis oraciones, eh, menos contacto tengo con Dios. O sea, hay que ser normal, humilde, cuando hablamos con Dios, háblale como si fuera tu amigo. Qué concepto, ¿verdad? Hablar con Cristo como si fuera nuestro amigo. Just talk to Jesus like a friend. Try to get away from religious praying and talking and just talk to him like he's your friend. Um, and that's how you eat and drink and move, right? And we want Jesus to keep us there.